coffee and a little bit of conversation. Hello everyone, welcome to Conversations at Coffee Podcast. Please be sure to head over to our social media platforms to catch up on all previous podcasts we've had with many different guests. Also head over to our Twitter, Instagram and Facebook page. Thanks for supporting. Hello everyone, welcome to Conversations of Coffee podcast, episode number 60. I'm here with Jocelyn and Gray. Um, Jocelyn, I can't shake your hand. We're obviously elbow. in the middle of COVID-19. <laughs> um, fortunately, we're not in the most restricted times, uh, level five, but I want to just jump in at the very beginning. Uh, first time meeting Jocelyn now, mm-hmm. um, but I've been following you for a while. I'm fairly familiar with your story. You can never know someone's story fully. You can only know what you put out on social media. Yeah. And you've shared it very openly. You've had family members on who've also shared their experience. People genuinely can see your content for what it is, which mm-hmm. is 100% um, passionate, 100% trying to help people. Yeah. And not just, you know, putting yourself out there to gain for yourself. You, you are the total opposite. If anything, you're trying to let others gain from the content you're putting out. That's how you were brought to my attention. But... Yeah. There's other things you do, and people need to yeah. see that you know what content you might have put up at the beginning isn't just you, and everything isn't Instagram. Exactly, like um, I think we're kind of the day and age that we live in at the moment. Uh, people tend to see kind of the they only see what you put out there. They don't know what goes on in the background of your life. Um, People are very selective with what they share with Instagram. Some people, like me, are a lot more open. Uh, some people are a bit more private. That's fine, whatever you're into yourself. But I think we forget that, like, as humans, we're multifaceted, you know? We're not just stuck into the one thing that we do. Like, we were chatting earlier. You have a full-time job, but you do this on the side. And um, we have all these different kind of outlets as to what we put out there on the social media. We're not just you know, shoved into one box. And I think we tend to do that to each other. Categorise ourselves, label ourselves. Yeah. Um, and kind of just stick people in stereotypes that, oh, mm. like I found with kind of the mental health videos that I did um, on social media, I wanted to get information out there. I wanted to tell people, give them common ground, give them uh, a bit of confidence to speak about the issues that they're having. Like I had to learn over time to speak openly about it. I didn't want to become a poster child for mental health. That wasn't the way it was. I wanted people to take from me my experiences and let them know that they're not on their own. Um, it's very normal to, to feel the way that they were feeling. Uh, it's very normal to have emotions that get you down now and again. It's very normal to want to speak out about it but be afraid because of the stigma that comes with having mental health issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. With what I put up on Instagram, I just tried to keep it as raw as possible, as truthful as possible. But there's also other parts of my life that I keep completely like private, like what we were talking about there. I keep my job completely separate to Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, so people don't often know that I work a full-time job. I do my 40 hours a week like everyone else. And that, I think, is it's very hard for people to comprehend and understand. And they box themselves off and say well, this is my job, I have to stick to this job, I'm not going to look into different avenues of what I can do. And they, they kind of lose their potential that way. Mm. Like, so you've, you've decided to, number one, how bravely speak open about mm. personal issues you had um, and how you've overcome them. Then you have a full-time job to attend, mm-hmm. you know, because you have to make a living. But then on the side of that, you have a passion to channel into your creative side, yeah. which I think I also do then in terms of producing this podcast. Surely there's an itch in there somewhere to like want to put content out to help others. Yeah. But you're then obviously putting content out to help others, but then you're going into like, you know, creating your own clothing line, Bad Day Club. Yeah. It's it's out now a couple of weeks and it's lifting off and people are yeah. actually getting to see that like somebody that I was only looking at her videos recently and mm-hmm. seeing that she was in this position is now in yeah. this position. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of now realising that like how can she go from that to that? That's not possible. That's not uh, mm-hmm. the norm. But you're showing that, you know what, 
you really have a maximum potential on that nobody really knows about. Like it can be done. Mm. We don't realise that it can be done. Like um, when you look at kind of, you know, me and you are from this, the same type of area. Mm -hmm. uh, you grew up where you grew up, I grew up. I'm, I'm from the Liberties is where I'm from. Mm -hmm. And we might not have had the worst childhoods, you know, we were a lot better off than other kids, but there's still that kind of um, economic divide. Mm. And there's obviously people out there who would think that our opportunities were not given better opportunities than someone who might be in a higher class. Like you said, they could have been born into a bit of money. Uh, they could have landed on their feet with jobs and stuff. Their families would have big businesses. I'm not saying we don't have that, but we definitely have a lot less than, say, the outer areas of the mm, have. Many others out there, yeah. Yeah, so we're kind of growing up. Like, I'm, I'm from the flats, you know what I mean? I have, what you were saying there, flats culture. Um, so we have to kind of push a little bit from when we're younger to, to make something of ourselves. And you can either fall into the trap of other people looking down on you and giving them what they want, and that's you to be stuck in that kind of, on that platform, not doing anything, settling for a job that doesn't make you feel fulfilled, and um, not having a passion, just kind of automatically going through life. Autopilot mode. Yeah, and that can be so easy to fall into that trap. And for a long time, I, I was in that trap, um, because obviously I had a lot going on with my mental health, but it was also a, a confidence issue in that I thought, okay, this is all you are getting in life, this is the hand you've been dealt, this is the one hand you have and just automatically didn't look at okay but the other hand might have something else in it for me and mm. um, so i nearly enabled that stereotype for so long and when you look around at kind of your friends and people you grew up with they're doing the same thing and you'd love to to just shake them and say you are worth so much more than that you have talent there you have potential use the motivation don't let somebody say to you you can't do something because of where you're from and that happens so regularly now that we've just accepted it as a normal thing it's a norm yeah yeah so like as i, said, I grew up in the flats and um, my whole family live in my flats i have two aunties i have a, a nanny she lives underneath me we have our own flat I've, I've no problem with ever admitting that i'm from the flats that's where i grew up that's mm. bred into me you can't get a better sense of community mm -hmm. like I can run downstairs to my nanny when I run out of milk and say, have you got any milk? I'm mm. trying to make a cup of coffee upstairs. Save me running to the shop, which would only be three minutes down mm. the road. But it's not just asking for the milk, you're touching base with her. Exactly, like that's how you check in on each other. Yeah, and, um, it's an excuse. There's no, there's no like, waiting days to see each other. I'll hang out my window and I'll talk to me and be on our balcony. Mm. And that's just the way that we function. That's how we work. But at the same time, I obviously would have come across kind of, you know, people that can be a little bit of a bigot and straight away, because you're a minority, look at you and put you in that box that that's where you're from and you're not capable of doing much more when you are and you start to listen to those voices mm -hmm. and they do, they do start to get to you and you start to believe, okay, this is all I'm capable of doing. I'm not going to do much more in life than end up like other people who've got caught in this fly trap um, and went down kind of this black hole and spiralled into what I used to do which was work a job I wasn't happy in um, go out on the weekends drink, get depressed have a hangover, have a come down go back into the job that I wasn't happy with masking the problem yeah so like that would have been a big issue for me so I started having issues with my mental health. I think the first concrete time I can remember, I was about 18, 18, 19, and I was getting really bad bouts of anxiety, um, which I thought was completely normal. You know, you don't, you don't kind of question these things because nobody talks about them. And I thought, okay, other people have this. They don't talk about it. If you talk about it, they're gonna think that you're making it up, mm -hmm. you're being dramatic. Um, or you're looking for a little bit of extra attention. So I just kept that to myself for a long time. Then I got to about 2021, 20, the early 20s. Because I'd left that anxiety, so uh, it was untreated for so long, it then turned into depression. And you'll notice with anyone that you talk to, um, 
who experiences anxiety, it often goes hand in hand with depression. The two of them feed off each other. So that would have been, you know, the first time that I went and saw medical help. Um, because I, I knew there was there was something wrong, you know. Um, the kind of doubt that I had there when I was having the anxiety attacks and stuff like that, I didn't have that doubt anymore. I was certain that there was something really, really wrong. Um, so what does that feel like to have an anxiety attack? So basically, an, an anxiety attack, um, they're, they're called panic attacks. Uh, what happens to you is we have kind of a fear or flight system, uh, fight or flight yeah. in our bodies. Mm-hmm. And you'll know yourself, um, that fight or flight response, it creates an adrenaline rush. So your body is experiencing what normally would come from a threat from the outside that doesn't exist there. So you're having uh, palpitations, you'll be sweating, you get pins and needles in your hands, shortness of breath. And I used to get really, really like muscle paralysis nearly where I couldn't move. Um, and, and what would be the trigger for that to happen? That's, that's the thing, there's no real trigger. So your body is expecting something bad to happen outside to it physically. But there's nothing there. It's so all in your head. It's all in your head. So you mentally create an emotional feeling. Yeah. And that it, doesn't really exist, essentially. A physical feeling. So uh, anxiety anxiety creates more of a physical change in your physical body. Physical feeling, yeah. What am I even saying? Like, if you're yeah. getting muscle spasms mm. and pins and needles, like, yeah, actually, I just don't know. It's so alien for me to even hear you talking about this. Like, it's crazy that... It's not talked about enough that yeah. at 24 years of age, I don't know what an anxiety attack is. I don't know if I've been around someone that's experienced one. That's like not good. That needs to be, you know, spoke about more. Exactly. And I think um, anxiety is one of the most common issues that people have with their mm. mental health, uh, especially now. The time that we're in at the moment when people are worried about their jobs, uh, mm. their family. We've never had to experience a pandemic before. Mm. Uh, this in is our a, lifetime, a once yeah. in a lifetime mm. thing. Like, I think the last one was around 1916. That was the, the Spanish, Spanish influenza. Yeah. And anyone who is still alive, that was alive in 1916 and lived through that, um, this is their second one. You know, they probably aren't still alive. There'll be very few. So for anyone now in this generation, this is a, their first time mm. experiencing this. So we're, we're living history as we speak. Yeah. And um, I don't think people realize the emotional toll that that's going to have on them mm. uh, because we're living the fear of the unknown we don't know how this is going to pan out vaccines vaccines just when talks. can we go on our next holiday when you think of it is actually quite selfish yeah like, but it's life and it's what we weren't used to that's it like it's this total social aspect of our life like i was trying to come up with christmas ideas for me partner the other day and normally we would book a trip but we've missed out on two this year you know what i mean so i was like right what am I going to do now? And that's a lot of people who, that's their go-to, is mm. a trip away. Mm. So They don't buy someone a material thing, they buy them a trip Yeah, an experience, yeah. you know what I mean? So I was kind of like, well, I don't know when the next time will be that we'll, we'll get to do that. And I don't want to get our Christmas present that we don't get to use until mm. next Christmas. So do you know what you should actually get? A good friend of mine, we spoke about earlier on, uh, he was bought by his um, girlfriend for his birthday two weeks ago, a 1,000 piece puzzle. A jigsaw puzzle. Do, do you know what? It's funny that you'll and say you that. And we spent hours on it together. Yeah, we we <laughs> during the first lockdown, okay, we got a thousand piece puzzle, and it oh, was. We've been there. We've been there, you right? Were like well past that. No, listen to this. It was a Harry Potter thousand piece puzzle. I don't oh, know what. No. I don't How know what we were thinking him. exactly. It was literally the whole thing was different shades of black and blue, and we poured it out on the table, and I just looked at her and I went. How are we going to do this? You need to put your relationship on the line. Like, we could end up breaking up over exactly. this puzzle. Exactly. Like, are we going to actually speak to each other while we do this? So I'm going to be mashing pieces into the table. <laughs> You're going to be flinging pieces around the room. We just, we gave up. We didn't right, get it done. Scrap that idea. I thought I was giving you a great idea there, but you've been there and done that. Yeah. And, and now I'm probably not going to actually get it. Now I was thinking of buying it for someone. But, um, if you get one, make sure that it's not Harry Potter. No, not Harry Potter. Get a Potter. Disney one, the most colourful one you could probably get. And with loads of outlines and clear characters in there. <laughs> and that's the way to and, go with And it. for a four-year-old. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, not to spend too much time honing in on the mental health thing, because mm-hmm. I wanted to briefly hear where you are, but people need to see now where you're going and where you now um, are currently the position you're in. Yeah. So to think of the great conversation we had off camera, 
you've got all these new local businesses. I don't want to call yeah. them small businesses because I think small businesses kind of makes it into a niche bracket. Like it's not a big business. Yeah. Every business has potential to become big. It all started small. It's all about growth. Yeah. Now I know that's what they're being labelled, but a local business, I'll call them, big or small. And mm-hmm. um, there's some that are coffee shops, hatches that size that are making more money than a big shop. Yeah. Front, you like know. there's one around the corner for me, and um, I don't know whether you know the Dublin Pizza Company. Yeah. They work out of a across a, from a the men's bar. Yeah. yeah. They work out of a hatch, and they are flying. Oh, it's it's gorgeous. Wood fire. You need to have it. Yeah. It's just. Yeah. It looks good. It's authentic. It's traditional. And they look after you. Yeah, but I think that you walk around Berlin or Amsterdam and major European cities, mm-hmm. that's the norm to see yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. It's now breaking into Ireland a bit more. Like coffee's obviously trendy and it's become like mm-hmm. a flat white has become an Instagram picture like avocado and toast was. Yeah. They're trendy things now, but they're European things at the same time. We're just a little bit behind. We're a little bit behind, you know, yeah. like slightly behind. But then we're breaking the way for other things like LGBT. We were probably one of the first to do that now. Loads of people are following suit. Yeah. You know, then you see countries legalizing cannabis, and like we'll probably do that in a hundred years. Exactly. But you know, we do do things, some for the good and mm-hmm. some for the bad. Um, but local businesses, the whole point I'm trying to make is, yeah, businesses are shutting down, like the cine world. Like we don't. I think didn't even know that was shutting down. There's talks that that's not going to open back up. I don't know how right. factual it is. I've just heard actually in my own college that someone said it's potentially going to go into liquidation because we right. were learning about uh, liquidation, receivership, and you know, okay. going bankrupt. So. If they don't open back up, that's a huge loss. Like the Savoy, like but then you have like Omniplexes, like Omniplexes, like yeah. the one in Ratmines and the or one the, in Balbriggan. The view, you have to view it on Liffey Valley. These are companies that are, you know, a lot of them are closing a lot in England. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of them are shutting down. Netflix and stuff has took a toll on them. But then there's huge opportunity for the next person to come along. Like the next new business, the next new venture, the next new idea. Yeah, because you know? they're leaving it a big gap in the marketplace. Yeah, and it's a natural cycle. It's like survival of the fittest. Unfortunately, they can't survive because of this terrible thing that's going on. Yeah. But then when you put it into perspective, there's hundreds of people in ICU beds dying every day. So it's like yeah. we have to say close this business in order to protect all these other people. And then you've people going out and you know getting the virus because they're doing a day's work because they can't work from home so it's so sad like it's very hard for people to try win here and put food on the yeah, table like it, it is i have to say it's a, it is a really negative situation but in turning that around what we were just talking about there there's all these new small businesses popping up and i think that people are now starting to realize their own potential and mm. um, because they had an opportunity a, here we go like there is a like you said a little open in the market mm. there um, this idea that I've been so passionate about for so long, can I make that into a business? Like I know people who are baking, have started like baking businesses who might have just done it as a hobby, there and now so are many out the door. Now. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's great. Like does that? Not for our uh, state of health in terms of the amount of weight we're all going to put on, but it's probably not. Like the obesity levels are probably going to go through the roof because of this, yeah. but everything in moderation. But then jogging is trendy now, so this is there's it. running clubs everywhere, it's great. Like I know the inner city rubbing club, um, Crumlin running club has popped up. There's Trim one out in just made one now. Bally Firma um, yeah, are a, doing one. There's a, um, I only found this out today off mm-hmm. one of the, the guys who works here, the um, recovering running club or something. So recovering addicts, it's oh. on the north side. Out near Stony Batter, I think they run. That's a great idea. And they've done the mini marathon the other day. And there's a load of like ex addicts that are trying to change their life, and they've done a 40 kilometer run. Like, I, 40 kilometers is unbelievable now, for someone like that. I'm trying to get a little bit of running into, um, I'm doing training at the moment, yeah, uh, with a girl out in Kulak, um, CJ Hands her name, she's yeah. really, really good. And I persuaded her to take cardio out of my program because I was gonna do my running myself right so i'm trying to do a little bit of running i can't run up my stairs at the moment i live on the top floor in the flats that's so to hear, exactly so to hear people that are running 40k Unbelievable. like mm. that's just Huge pure determination and mm. willpower and but, motivation but that's the thing like you're saying you're making such a good point there like you before covid weren't in a program involved in a pt mm-hmm. and probably like i don't know probably had your daily routine and your foods that you went to and your comfort food. Oh, and your my takeaway is five days a week. You like. know, like we all went through like glitches our life where we done these things because it came yeah. the norm, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But COVID comes along and then people start going, you know what, actually to reassess the situation here, what mm-hmm. am I doing right? What could I do better? And what, you know, will I take up? And there's so many people that are running now. Craig Moore did the last episode is a huge example of that. Yeah. Unbelievable inspiration. Transformed from like 100 and 
114 kilo, 113 kilo, down to 71, and he's still on his way, still, still not like, satisfied. Unbelievable, but at the same time, like I, he obviously has a, a level of satisfaction there, and it's very much well yeah. deserved. Mm. But does that want Hunger. and drive in mm. him to, to do better? Because he knows that, like he's capable of it. Yeah, yeah. A bit like you having, you know, things that you battled in the past and have clearly mm. come out the better end of it. But like starting a, a clothing line now is so brave in these times because it takes so much time working full time, takes yeah. so much effort, takes so much guts, believe it or not. And mm-hmm. um, when I made my hoodies, I was only making them as like an option. You're yeah. making yours as this is a potential um, opportunity for me to channel into my creative side. Yeah. I didn't have to channel into my creative side because I. No, I could have des- left it there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I obviously designed my logo and stuff and yeah. got a company to print it. In your case, you're running this business. Yeah. I'm not doing that. So you deserve way more credit than somebody that's able to just go in and get a company to do it for them. Mm-hmm. You have to start from the bottom. Think of the design. Think yeah. of the idea. You would have created that logo from scratch. Yeah. You pick the types of t-shirts. When I look at your t-shirts, I'm not just saying. Firstly, obviously, we're going for a certain style. Yeah. Like, you know, the neck is one thing I always look at on a t-shirt. Me as well. The neck is really thin. It's almost like this is always going to remain loose. There's no. And the, it's it, not it goes out shape a lot more. Yeah, like, shape exactly. There's mm-hmm. no weight to it. Your neck is firm. Yeah. It reminds me like a designer t-shirt. To be honest, yeah. it reminds me of something that you'd see in Brown Thomas. And um, that was the thing with them. I wanted them to be good quality. Mm. I didn't want people to to get their parcel in the post and open it up and f- to go, what am I after buying? Mm. You know what I mean? Because these people are putting their trust in you to get a good quality product that they can wear over and over again. Mm. That's going to wash over and over again. That's like, a that's, key thing. That's an Irish mammy thing. If it doesn't wash over and over again, it yeah, goes in the bin. 100%. And like, we, we know that. You know when you say to somebody, and they're like, why would you spend 80 euro on a top? Or why would you get such a polo that's worth 200 quid? And then yeah. some people say, like, have you actually seen the difference of that to a Zara top or a H&M top? Yeah. And like, but this one's 20 or whatever. People don't really understand it, but... They can't believe that when you slap a logo onto something, it then mm-hmm. goes from like a 50 euro product to like a 200 euro product. But actually, yeah. the quality that's involved and the type of material, the longevity of it, how yeah. long you're going to get out of this top, like it says a lot. That's it. Like if you if you buy something like, like that, I will have, you know, certain clothes at home that I have years, years mm. and years. And people will still comment on them and say, oh, that's lovely. Where did you get that? And are shocked to find out that you it's it that long. three years old. Mm. But it's the material that you used in it. Um, and obviously, the, the product itself is made well. And that's where I wanted to go with the, the clothes. Mm. I wanted them to be something that, you know, somebody could pull out their wardrobe like that when they're having a bad day, which I torn the clothes a lot mm-hmm. when I was feeling, you know, a little bit down. Well, it's, it's a, some people torn to food, some people torn to drugs, alcohol, yeah. whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Clothing and, you're not even, forget about clothes, but like, just buying something can it's actually rush. You yeah, know like what I mean? release dopamine. Like when you buy yeah. something new, like a coffee machine, you're going home, you're dying to put it on, make the coffee. Yeah. And then like three weeks later, that making that coffee just becomes the norm. The mm-hmm. runners you wore once now are another pair that you have. They're still fresh and clean, but they're like another pair. But at the beginning, that feeling of the beginning, putting the, it on the, the first time. Something. Yeah. I think that is why I would like to be rich. Is like to be able to go into a walk-in wardrobe, yeah, and not like pick something like that out, ha- have it daily to wear. Yeah, I like mean. and be able to just go like, what will I wear today? And like every day is something new. Yeah. Like I know I, I've tried it a couple of times. I don't know if you're familiar with this, but minimalism. I've tried it. Yeah. Now that's probably total opposite for you because you're mad into your fashion and clothes, so yeah, it wouldn't suit you probably. But I've tried it and it's very difficult. It's like where you go down to the whole thing where like you've got seven pairs of shoes yeah. no I, I didn't go that just shame. staple pieces my mom had i think it's called the 33 items and my mom had 33 items right. she didn't last long in it either but she gave it a batch for a couple okay. of months she yeah. didn't last a good half a year but she had 33 items so she'd like one pair of jeans one pair of slacks one pair of chinos one pair of tracksuit bottoms so right. on so on and she had like a rack with like where all those, all those on. you know like if you open like someone's wardrobe especially my mom's was like 100 dresses Right. Last time I wore that was 10 years ago. But why are you keeping it? Ah, you never know. Right? Yeah, so a she, hoarder. <laughs> she took all this out. Yeah. Like charity shop, bum, bum, bum. Mm-hmm. Got rid of it easy, quick. And then, like, just redesigned it all. Yeah. And, like, every time you'd see her, she'd look in a nice, fresh rig But, like, it's next the same Monday, she'd wear it. Then the following Sunday, then she'd yeah. wear that top with them bottoms. Then the next time, them bottoms with that top. Yeah. And, like, it worked really well. But she then fell back into it. It's like when you get paid and you've nothing else going on and you decide to go 
I'm gonna go on to Amazon treat yourself and buy <laughs> buy um I don't know like something absolutely crazy that you think and visualize I need this and you get yeah. it into your brain like I I don't think I'd last doing that business like if you ask anybody that knows me I do have a slight problem with shopping um we've been trying to cut back on it me, my girlfriend deleted all the shopping apps off my phone. <laughs> I decided to buy 1,000 piece puzzles. Yeah, like, so that was the road we were going down. But, like, that, like, I wake up during the night. I'm not a great sleeper, so the phone is the first thing that I go on. Mm. Do a bit of online shopping. Mm. Next so of all, easy. The packages are arriving at the door. Mm. And it's all fast fashion as well. So, like, with doing this, I wanted just pieces that were nice, simplistic. Timeless. Yeah. You could pick them out any day of the week. Put them on with anything. Mm. Like if I wanted to throw the sweatshirt on me now, it would go with this outfit. Mm. If I wanted to throw it on with a pair of jeans and a pair of Doc Martens, it would go with that outfit. Mm-hmm. So I wanted them to be like that, where they were just nice, easy, and simple. Mm. They didn't add any stress to your day. But essentially, that is minimalism because minimalism sticks to like certain colors. And yeah. if you watch videos on it, there's a good Netflix documentary on it, uh, directed by a guy Matti Avella. But it's all about, you know, not wearing like bright yellows and pinks and blues because mm. they n- won't necessarily go with the next item so that, that t-shirt you've made is plain crisp white clean yeah. fresh the jumper the same the shoes you do which i'll put uh, pictures just right above here now mm-hmm. the shoes are all custom made so like they are their own thing but at the same time they're not belonging to a category of clothing like a skateboarder could wear this t-shirt but at the same time somebody going out on a night out could wear it that's it like i know um like that people who do dress a little bit more hipster who have bought the t-shirts for me but then i also have uh, like girls who you know want to wear it as a long dress mm. they've also bought it off me mm-hmm. so i like the way so flexible it's a bit adaptable mm. um and i like as well people can personalize it to go with their specific style yeah. they don't just have to focus on what i'm trying to put out there they get it it is what they make it and if they're happy in it then i'm happy what would be the best message you could spread to somebody considering that you've just briefly spoke about what situation you went from mm-hmm. to get to where you are now like what was the process like briefly like a quick synopsis on how you kind of struggled to like get yeah. over that hill yeah. using the people around you mm-hmm. I'm just guessing here now that you yeah. would have spoke a lot because yeah. that's the key the key mm-hmm. part clearly a lot of people seem to say it um, but just not many do it mm-hmm. to get to happy I mean the process, it, although it might seem a little bit quick, it, it, it took 10 years. It took me 10 years. Right, it was amazing. a long process. Um, it wasn't until about nine months ago, nine months ago, I got an official diagnosis of BPD. I got put on the right treatment plan. Um, I gave up alcohol three months before that. So I'll be 12 months sober, New Year's. New oh, Year's Day. Yeah. Good time to give up because yeah. it's like, you know where the, you I know, the that's it, like my New Year's resolution. I already am kicking it off with an anniversary. Um, that's amazing. So about 10 years ago, um, I wasn't getting answers from anybody. Mm-hmm. Nobody would give me answers. Um, I was stuck at dead ends all the time. And I, I speak about that process a little bit in, in my own videos. Uh, which go into it a little bit more detail. I mm-hmm. uh, don't want to get too stuck into it here. Mm-hmm. But that's where people can head over to. Like, we briefly spoke about it because we yeah. don't want to spend too much time honing in on it. But if people want it in full, get the glimpse of how we got what to here. Was. You can follow the journey on your Instagram. I'll just link it yeah. right above now. Um, you need to follow uh, Jocelyn Gray one yeah, on Instagram. It. And yeah. then obviously while you're there, go ahead and follow the various companies that she endorses. Uh, some of her own, some family businesses. But... Um, how you got to there is documented elsewhere, so we won't spend too much time. Yeah. But I'm interested to like briefly hear, you know, How probably this start ten year process. I didn't think that. Yeah. I just didn't think like I'm. I'm interested to like understand how difficult it was, but how rewarding it was. Yeah. So it believe me, it was extremely, extremely difficult. Like, I had some really, really, really hard times, and um, like it's no secret. I tried to take my life four years ago, and believe it or not. The idea for this started four years ago mm-hmm. so with everything that happened that year and um, bad day club was completely shelved to the side i had no time to focus on anything but myself mm-hmm. so when that happened uh, i had a good probably six seven months run after that i was getting a little bit better in myself i was using loads of resources then i took another kind of tumble for the worst um, and started partying really heavy 
So I used alcohol uh, as a crutch. I used everything else that comes with alcohol as a crutch, all the little add-ons. Like, I mean, there was, there was days when I would party for 24 hours straight and stumble home the next day and be so down because um, when you're suffering with depression and stuff like that, if you, if you drink alcohol, if you're out living that lifestyle, alcohol is a depressant. So you're thrown fuel straight onto fire and having to deal with that yourself and I've never preached to anybody, you know, oh, give up alcohol. It's the best thing you can do. It was the best thing for me and I needed to do it at the time. So like that, um, I got lucky uh, 11 months ago. I decided, right, you need to, to knock it on the head here now. I was having suicidal ideations again. Um, I was self-harming again. And it was a case of me going out for the whole weekend and then going to work completely down and out. Uh, hated work couldn't get out of bed was eating crap wasn't sleeping well so I had to have a serious conversation with myself you are not going to survive another three months if you continue like this mm. so real wake up call it, I got a, a good old scare uh, on New Year's just gone because I was in the spot where I could have very nearly made a bad decision uh, a very permanent decision and decided I wasn't going to go down that route so cut out everything. Um, for the next three months, I'd say they were three of the hardest months of my life. Uh, so we're talking January, February, March. I, I struggled big time. Um, I was in A&E so many times, uh, presenting, told them I was having real issues. Uh, was put on antidepressants, all different types, trialing them out to see what worked, what didn't work. And um, it was only you know when things got really, really bad I got an appointment with a private psychiatrist. Mm. The, the public health service wasn't working for me. Um, Waiting lists and various hurdles you have to jump over just because exactly. there's so much of a backlog. Like I was nine years with them. Nine years and I didn't get any closer to finding out what exactly was the problem. I knew it wasn't just depression. I knew there was something else going on. Nobody knows your mind and your body like you do. They're not living inside you. They mm. don't know what's going on. So with that, um, I went to a private psychiatrist she was able to give me a diagnosis in an hour. My first time meeting her, uh, our first assessment was able to get me on the right treatment plan. So, you know, good therapy, uh, good medications that the public health service wouldn't give me and completely changed my life around. So I had some lifestyle changes. Um, I was a lot more open with my family, which I hadn't been the first time around. Uh, I have a partner that's so, so supportive that literally I can call any time of the day or night and, and she'll be there straight away for me. And also I had this psychiatrist and this therapist and this medical team around me that Something helped me. you probably thought never existed. Never. I would have never known that those um, sources were there because you're completely cut off from them. Now don't get me wrong, my, my medical care is expensive and I'm in a good position that I'm able to pay for that. So but it's what, top of the priority list, isn't it? Yeah, like if, if you care about your mind um, and you're worried about that, like you'll probably go and spend mad money on clothes like we were talking about earlier but you, you hesitate to spend money on your mental well-being uh, and sometimes your physical well-being uh, for some reason we just don't think they're important mm. when realistically as you said they should be top priority for us so with those lifestyle changes uh, changes of habit i was able to start focusing on, on other things what do i want out of my life more I'm on this kind of you know, upward scale now, I'm getting better. I can feel the changes in my body. I know what's going on. And that's when Bad Day Club came back into it. Um, Such a good name, I love it. The, the, the name came up, uh, like I said, I came up with the name four days ago. It was all about inclusivity. How oh, four years ago, because then t-shirts are all about four days. Yeah. Four years ago. Four years ago. <laughs> well, Cut! <laughs> the, the four name, days ago, that would have been brilliant. Yeah, the name uh, came up about four years ago. I was sitting in eBay at the time, and I hated it. So I used to design the t-shirts on the slide. Ah, sure, come here. Yeah. Um, but the whole idea behind it was, I wanted people to be able to wear that they were having a bad day on their chest. Don't be afraid to say it. Yeah. Get it out there. There's nothing wrong with it. I'm sure you have bad days. Absolutely. If we didn't, we weren't. We wouldn't be here. This is it. And you don't appreciate your good days if you don't have bad days. And I also wanted it to be, um, you know, inclusive. Not one of these uh, brands where you turn certain people away um, because 
they're not a certain type of person that you're looking to promote your brand or to, to wear your clothes. I, I'm not into that. Mm. Um, anyone that wants to wear those clothes can wear those clothes. It's, I have no problem with it whatsoever. If they want to wear them and they think they look good in them and they enjoy them and they're comfortable in them, that's all that matters at the end of the day to me. I don't, like as we said, the, the whole PR thing, I didn't do any of that. Um, I wanted people to, to buy them. Authentically. Authentically, because mm. they genuinely wanted Attracted them. to them, yeah. Yeah, and just not because they've seen them on somebody else, but because they visualised themselves in them and liked what they saw. Mm -hmm. So that, to me, was important. And where I got kind of the confidence to, to go forward with it, because I just said it takes serious guts. Um, it's not cheap to start off a business from the ground. And a lot of hours go into it. Like, I, was, uh, I can so relate to that. Like the, all of the equipment we put it together, I can't remember, I'd done up like a sum of it before and what yeah. it was worth. And I can tell you, it's worth a lot more than um, you'd think. It's definitely, when you add up the mics, the stands, mm -hmm. you know. So let's just move away from me and the podcast. When you move into buying in 100 t-shirts, buying in 100 hoodies, buying in 100 hats, and then putting the logo on them, yeah. to actually get that to flourish, it would cost so much less to just go out and buy normal t-shirts and do it but you're chasing the good quality t-shirts yeah. so you can go to pennies and buy them for four or five quid yeah less it's not good enough for me so you know this I mean? is where your part comes in with the passion it's expensive but it's mm -hmm. expensive to chase the quality not quantity quality over yeah. quantity so yeah. that's huge and, and you can see it a mile off and that's why people are attracted to it because if you're as passionate about the quality they know what they're buying. Yeah. If you were selling a product tomorrow and someone got it and was like, to be honest with you, this is the best. What I actually, like, this is bad. And yeah. she's paying, she's charging X amount. But then when someone puts it on, they're like, this is one of the best t-shirts I wore. Yeah. Like Charlotte's love stuff. Like she gave me a great t-shirt and t-shirt says a thousand words. It's brilliant. It just has love on it, but it's how she done it. One letter is checkered. The next letter is, it's unbelievable. Yeah. That was made with love. Exactly. Like, like and, and she's a great example, I think. Um, Charla actually was the one who helped me, got behind That's me with this. That's great to hear, I didn't know that. Yeah, um, so she was the one that talked me through the whole process of it, uh, which was one of the things that I was lacking when I tried to do it a couple of years ago. I'd no insider knowledge on it. And for her to do that, when she has um, her own clothing brand, mm. it's kind of unheard of. It's unheard of that someone would share this experience with you. Yeah. So like, best of luck. Exactly. Like, oh, you're, you're starting a clothing brand. Well, I have my own and I want to look after myself. She comes along and goes like, made this mistake, made that mistake. Don't do this, don't do that. Make yeah. sure you do this. And all the while, like, giving great encouragement with it. So it wasn't just, oh, yeah, here's your list of things to do. Best of luck, goodbye, mm. take care. It was, you can do it. Yeah. You I can 100% do it. And I know you've, you've spoke to Charlotte in the past. She's coming back on the podcast. We're going to redo it. Yeah. Um, with technical difficulties when we did record it, I want to get Charlotte back on. Um, mm -hmm. So Charlotte, if you're listening to this, you're getting on this. You're coming back on this at a better <laughs> time too, because we've so much more to talk about. But yeah. what a kind soul and has touched so many people, whether it's in the dance industry, yeah. whether it's in clothing industry, or whether it's just helping people's mental health and well-being. She's a great advocate for, for nearly all of it. Yeah. And she does so much that's unheard of, and so do you. And that's why we're not here to just talk about mental health. That's why we're here to clearly we can talk about mental health all day mm. long, but. The key message you've clearly tried to make, if I can relay it out to anybody, is talk. That doesn't necessarily mean turn to a friend that you're, you know, spend time with, but you don't really feel comfortable talking. Talk to somebody you feel comfortable with. If you don't feel comfortable, I'm not speaking from my own experience, I'm only speaking from what I've learned from a lot of people coming on, you mightn't be comfortable talking to any family members. So go to that professional. You know, yeah. go through the public service if you have to. Just use what you have to. You could have a local uh, service that's there free of charge. There is loads of There's them. so many of yeah. them. Like, you know, um, I have friends that have gone to their local counselling. Uh, like they have, there's local counsellors everywhere. Um, you just have to look into it and have a nothing but high praises for them. I know it's so hard and I can't speak from an outsider that hasn't lived the experience myself. Mm. I can't say, oh, well, you know, there's no excuse. But like the resources are there yeah. in a lot of the circumstances. Yeah. Some communities are lacking. And that's a problem. Others yeah. are in a much better situation yeah. and not even using it. So there is sort of some sort of like 
barrier there that needs to be broken but mm -hmm. there is I cannot say enough from what I've learned that there's no one person out there that won't listen to you there'll always be someone the first you exactly. go to might pawn it off and not yeah. want to take it on and, and that's just out of, out of fear out of not understanding exactly um, yeah. you know mental health is still such a vague subject and we have a tendency just to brush it off to the sides um, but there, there is going to be someone that will listen to you and it will click with you okay communication is key here mm -hmm. I feel so much better like I always say a problem shared is a problem halves that's really good I like that like if you share that problem it's going to take so much weight off your shoulders yeah, yeah, and you'd yeah. be so surprised at how receptive people are uh, people who you think you know might just pawn you off can actually be some of the best listeners that you'll ever speak to mm. and vice versa they might then speak into you mm. and you're you're breaking the problem down um i always say you make it a kitchen table topic make nice it, you've spoken about that in one of your videos yeah it's so, became a kitchen table topic your mother said it you said it yeah that's huge that, that's what it is in our house now so to think that that might you know ultimately spread to, to other households to make it a normal thing and as well i think um with men, it's such an, an important push that I think men need to make. Because you think like women do talk amongst each other about things that men wouldn't, and I yeah. agree with that. Because most most conversations men would have, the last thing would be their mental health. Because it would mm -hmm. be nearly, I might feel I might feel embarrassed, humiliated. Yeah. I'm lowering my ego by taking a hit here. Is mm -hmm. what he thinks of me. Yeah. He might look at me differently. Exactly. That's like, so sad. We're, we're in November now, November. There's so much going on to try and raise a bit of awareness for men's mental health. So I think as well, um, that kitchen table topic can very easily be turned into something that makes a man comfortable as well. So you're, you're broadening the, the complete spectrum with it. It's not only a women's issue, it's also a huge issue for men. Mm. Uh, and also kids, we don't think of the, the no, mental... No, good point actually. Yeah, you don't actually. You're no, right. like kids are completely brushed out of um, having mental health issues because you think they're too young. That's so true. I would actually they they don't come to mind for me. Yeah, like I know it. Like I have younger siblings, but like what they're going through is yeah and huge. When you think about it, like now how advanced our society is now, like that with social media, with different platforms, they're exposed to so much more than we would have been grown up. True. You know, Which like has I to have a I would have went out yeah and kicked the football. That was my mm. how I hung around with my friends. I didn't have any of this like Snapchat, Instagram, uh, WhatsApp, TikTok. Like they're so heavily saturated. It's so sad because like you know years ago you knocked into such a person yeah. and they knocked in for you and you just went out and, and you were gone for six, seven hours. You were getting happens. called in the flats for your yeah. dinner and you didn't come up and whatever, right? So that was your life and I would have lived something very similar. Mm -hmm. Probably the exact same uh, for a long part of my life. But nowadays you can sit in as an 8, 9, 10, 11 year old on your PlayStation or Xbox headset and spend five or six hours with, with Jack, one of your Billy friends and Joe and with, without even moving outside your house. So like how much the world has changed there. Like mm -hmm. I always say, you know, I'm so happy and glad that I lived with the generation you I had did. That experience. Because like I remember having a Tamagotchi or like I remember having yeah. a fake flip up phone. Or the Forbes and stuff like that. You know, like real things that nowadays like what are you getting for Christmas as a six year old kid? An iPad. Yeah. Or a laptop. Like, like I that's the norm. My mom had laughed at me when I was six. Now, don't get me yeah. wrong, she'd have probably went out of her way and got it for me. But they weren't even around when we were that age. Yeah, that's, it's crazy because it was, it was something that, like, you'd use that for work or, like, yeah, like your, it was just, your it parents was, would use something like that. Yeah, like your mom and dad would have it. Like, you'd yeah. never even think to pick it up. But with that, with, with the kids coming back to them with any kind of issues that they might have going on internally, it, they're so easily hid because most of it is happening on these different platforms that mommy and daddy don't see it. Mm. Um, so I think as well, kids are completely overlooked, but then we feed into it by not communicating with them. Like the table, kitchen talk, like bringing it to the kitchen table mm -hmm. and talking about it is huge, but then putting the phone away is even bigger. Yeah. Like switch off the Wi-Fi for an hour, put the phones in, in a mm -hmm. bowl and leave them there. Like, you know, just... Put them away yeah. from the conversation and have the conversation around and th that's how was your how day. How my granddad would be. Yeah, because he, it's his, it's what he, yeah. his area. Like, I mean, my granddad very much the same. But it's become the norm in our lives now. Mm -hmm. Like, 
you haven't you went to school with somebody. I'm just making this up, obviously, but you went to yeah. school with somebody and you haven't seen them in years, but you know what's going on. They're like they just got married. They've just checked in at thirty yeah. two. They're now living in Australia. They're, they're, it's so good in so many ways, but then in other ways, like it can be very detrimental. You might walk by her in in town and be like, oh, there she is, and continue. Yeah. What if you didn't no know face, how she was getting on? How are you keeping? Yeah. Oh, I lived in Australia for five years. No way. Yeah. I mean, I know what you had for breakfast on Facebook. Yeah. That's how some people are living their lives. And it's just become the norm. Mm -hmm. Like, we, ha we have no... I'm not saying, like you said there, it, it's great to keep in contact with people like that. And I do have friends that aren't living in Ireland at the moment. Or I don't see very often, but we have conversations on social media. So we check in on each other. Mm. But like that, there, there might be that meeting them face to face and you're kind of caught off guard a little bit mm. because you haven't been speaking to them. Mm -hmm. um, face to face in, in so long so I think we are kind of slowly losing the, the social mm. the social uh, social media connection. but yeah it's actually removing the connection yeah and it's becoming a much bigger connection like my dad like I could send him this paragraph like an absolute bible I've put together and he'll yeah. come back with a thumbs up or an okay like, if even okay yeah. just thumbs up and like he'll just completely do me in with a thumbs up and like mm -hmm. what do you respond to a thumbs up but the world has gone that way where like I'll talk to him and he'll say, is that message you sent me? And then he'll completely talk to me about it. But like he wouldn't type for yeah. 10 minutes or something. I'm happy the same. Like you know. we, we slag her and, and say, you know, how short she is on text message. But then she's not like that in person. She's very chatty in person. Total opposite. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But it'd be a laughing point for me and my sister because she'd be just so abrupt on text message. Yeah. That they, it doesn't think she's a different up. person. Yeah. But then you think of it now. Someone is so vocal through Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat. Mm -hmm voice messages then they're in person and they're not like that at all and they're like just on the phone like that's the way it's gone so like doing a digital detox in December so in my opinion Joe Rogan these are three key months right mm -hmm. so he, he's done something I'm making up the last one here on the spot I'm yeah. sure someone has probably thought this already so I don't want to take ownership of this I've just thought of it here on the spot no you're sober October <laughs> yeah you're sober October that Joe Rogan has kind of begun mm -hmm. I don't think he made it up I'm not too sure but he stays sober for the month of October, which right. is tough enough for him. Yeah. Clearly, he spoke about it many times that he, you know, does uh, some uh, medicinal uh, drugs. Like he might have plant medicines, mushrooms, DMT, yeah. smokes weed, mm -hmm. has the odd beer, drinks whiskey, whatever. Right. So he knocks out the head for October. November, someone takes a you know a complete uh, challenge on mm -hmm. to do something for men mental health. A lot of them are running now, doing a hundred kilometers in, in a month. Yeah growing the moustache, raising money, great. What about digital detox December? So if you were to just strip away Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, everything until Christmas Day or something, Be not New Year's. New Year's is tough, Christmas Day. Mm -hmm. Then again, I also feel the element of Christmas Day, what the jostling get? Yeah. Now, I, I five, six really years past that. that. Yeah. Five, six years past that. I think I'd done that when I was like 18. Yeah. Put up the runners and the jacket and the outfit I'm going to wear. And showing it all off on Christmas yeah. Day. Now we take, the thing is, we still might take a picture with our young sibling, our older sibling, yeah, our family, family photo. and put it up and we're in a clobber and that's the way we are, you know? Yeah. But I mean, actually stripping away the whole, you know, laying it all out on a, on a plate being like, this is my day, every single step. And it is interesting to live through the lens of someone else, but then you'll constantly bring it back to yourself and be like, there's my mum sitting over on that couch asleep because she was up from five preparing the kids stuff right she barely yeah. slept last night and we've all had a dinner we're all in a bit of a food coma and yeah. that's the way houses tend to be maybe get a few games they'll have a few drinks or whatever and everyone's still in good yeah, spirits but the energy doesn't remain the whole day mm -hmm. then you tune into someone that might be in a household where like they're all the cameras are on hey yeah. and then you kind of go oh you know it, my house should be like that my situation's a little bit shit like and that's yeah. not the case yeah but reality you is different to instagram yeah like it's it's very very easy to, and that was one that's one thing that I've actually been trying to practice loads this year is gratitude. Um, I love that. Because when I was going through you know the different kind of issues that I had with my mental health, I found that I w wasn't grateful for what I had around me, and I kind of stuck myself in this victim's mentality. You know, like why is this happening to me? Me um, me me. Why am I getting yeah. the raw deal? Uh, what did I do to bring this on to me? Um, I just thought it was really bad karma. Whereas I have tried to turn that around into, okay, this happened to me. How can I use it to utilize my life? How can I enhance my life with it? Um, I appreciate my family so much more, my connections. So I think as well what you're saying there with the whole Christmas Day charade, when you see those kind of things, it does knock you a little bit because mm. you, you it stop has being not to me grateful. In the past, yeah. yeah. yeah you're living in a comparison bubble 
Yeah, like you're trying to keep up with the Joneses we were talking about mm. um, with these people. But no offence to anybody that's throwing out Jones yeah, and we did, living I, a deadly I, I life. I didn't mean that. Yeah, but keeping like, up with the Kardashians or yeah, something like that. Yeah, we're keeping up with Kim and, and all them, yeah. that crowd. But like that, uh, just different family dynamics. Your family might get on and do something completely great in a completely yeah. different way that my family doesn't. Mm. But my family could do something that your family doesn't that I find mm -hmm. really enjoyable. Like your Christmas day, you'd wake up in the past, probably went to church or whatever. I don't know if you can even do that now. Yeah. Some people got Christmas Eve. I got Christmas Eve in my family. Mm -hmm. But on Christmas day, I usually travel to about five houses. Yeah, you're doing your rounds. Parents split up. So go to dad's house, go to nanny's house, mm -hmm. go to other nanny's house, go to my own house. Um, and, and that's like the norm yeah but like another household stays in the whole house for the whole day and that's the norm for them so everyone's yeah. living a different christmas and especially around this time of year like mental health is always a problem for a Such lot a, of people a sad time this time throwing of year. a pandemic on top of that Whoa. losing yeah. jobs working from home not mm -hmm. seeing much outside your hall door uh, money problems yeah. health problems no routine anymore no routine exactly like me and you are so lucky that we can actually leave our house and go to work yeah for the people working at home some love it i couldn't do it personally no, i would no, not no. have lasted this long i probably I, would have packed it in i need i am very very set in my routine like my routine saves me on a daily basis on a day that i don't have a routine you can guarantee i'm gonna lie in bed for 12 hours watching netflix down in the dumps does I it stimulate you having a routine oh yeah 100 percent. like it I, that pushes me so much having that routine um, and i need the the stability one thing with bpd if you google it the first thing that comes up you have a life of instability emotional instability what which, is bpd uh, borderline personality disorder okay so so that's what i have that's okay. what i was diagnosed with at the start of the year um, and it's complete instability uh, with your whole life your relationships mm. so for me my routine is paramount in keeping the, the side effects of BPD to a minimum. Okay. This is all we need. Coffee and a little bit of conversation.